friends. Welcome to 118 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm Doris Swift, your host, and thank you so much for joining me. It is so great to have you. And I'm excited about this week's show. It is part two of what we started last week. And it was uh, concerning finances. And uh, last week on the show, I had Miriam Neff. And we were talking about the book she co-wrote with her daughter, Valerie, Wise Women Managing Money, Expert Advice on Debt, Wealth, Budgeting, and More, was so good. And this week, we're talking with Valerie, Valerie Neff Hogan. She's an attorney and also a certified financial planner, among other things. And she's going to talk to us and give us her perspective on finances and how she helps women to handle their finances. It's just eye-opening how much of the wealth, the money in our country is handled by women. And it's going to be even more so in the coming years. So you're going to want to listen to this because let's face it, friends, none of us are killing it when it comes to budgeting and that kind of thing. But I love Valerie's take on it. It's refreshing and it's going to really encourage you. And I know that um, what she has to share is going to be so important because we're coming up on, you know, spending season with Christmas and all of that. So Listen in while I have a chat with Valerie Neff Hogan. It's going to inspire, encourage, and challenge you. But first, have you heard of Access More? Because I think you would really enjoy it and it would really bless you. So listen in for more about that. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I am really excited because this is going to be a fun show. It's really the part two of when I had Miriam Neff on the show, and we were talking about the book, Wise Women Managing Money, and her daughter, Valerie, co-wrote the book with her. And so I have Valerie with me today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we're going to get her on and hear some good stuff about how this is going to help you so much today. Valerie Neff Hogan holds a law degree and is a certified financial planner. She works with National Christian Foundation. She's the executive director of Orchard Ministry Development, and she also works with Widow Connection. And since 2000, Valerie has served at church leading groups and individuals toward good stewardship with Christian financial concepts. Crown Financial and Financial Peace University. So some of you may be familiar with those things. Those programs are amazing. And she loves to help people overcome financial obstacles to achieve freedom, become more generous, and do more ministry. And she is married and has three adopted children and one fabulous rescue dog. Have you adopted any additional dogs since this came out? <laughs> Not since then, but I can't tell you I haven't been tempted many, many times. So <laughs> I, I can guess that you would be. Welcome to the show, Valerie. It's great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's just, yeah, it's really unique because originally we had planned to have you and mom together and the schedule just didn't work that way. But I think it's really cool to have mom's take on everything and hear her perspective and now hear yours. 
and how you are really helping, um, especially women with this book, because not that women can't manage money, but because there are so many different situations where maybe more equipping would be beneficial. So I would love if you would share a little bit about your story, how you kind of get started in all of this. And you have a law degree too, which is amazing. And how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, Valerie. Yeah. Uh, Well, one of the things is that early on, my husband and I looked at some of these curriculums, like Larry Burkett, that's an old school Christian Mm -hmm. stewardship uh, name around excellence in stewardship and budgeting. So we took classes from his curriculum. And so uh, one of the things through the whole path and whole journey is that we had that early on. And so we were able to follow some of those principles and it has given us a lot of freedom and options really to do ministry. And like you were mentioning with my uh, going for advanced schooling, you can really get into debt or have some tricky times with that coming out of it. But some of the um, training, the Christian stewardship training that we got early on, we followed some of that and were able to do some of that debt-free. And so that freed me up to do ministry with that and not really have to, um, you know, pay back massive school debt. So just that um, was a great kind of kickstart to this. So um, doing various ministries, working in law, working in finance, uh, all along the way, that has been a blessing and one that I've really wanted to share with others. And so in that journey and working at churches, and I do work with individuals, men and women, but um, through my mom's widow's ministry and the ministries that I've done, there are just some unique challenges that women have. Uh, So I'd see some of the statistics, hear some of the stories over and over. So I really just got a passion to know, I mean, there are women CPAs, attorneys. I mean, there's a, there are those that just feel confident. They've been managing money all along. They feel confident they're crushing it, but there are some that just have it and they don't feel confident. And we don't lack the capacity. We lack, we lack the confidence usually uh, because we could do this. Um, but I would say, you know, just seeing that lack of confidence, it's, it was heartbreaking because I think the Lord wants us to step into all that he has. And I saw that as a roadblock. And so I've just been uh, pursuing giving women confidence in godly stewardship. I think that's a common theme mm-hmm. through the back. That's amazing. I I love that so much because, you know, like you were saying, the Larry Burkett and the Dave Ramsey program and all of that, these are all so important. And if you put these things into practice, they will work. But it's not an overnight thing, but people don't get into massive debt overnight either. So how have you seen the struggle between what mainly like our culture tries to push as far as finances and and having things like right now versus being wiser with our stewardship and being able to buy what we really need. I mean, there's so many different things because if you think about it, just our culture is many, many times just going against what our faith is telling us, what excellence and stewardship would be as a godly woman. So, um, Boy, multiple things. So you being in finance, I would say, you know, the end game, I think in the, on the world system and the culture system is the one who dies with the most toys wins. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we just, 
we know that just doesn't ring true. So if we think about that, you know, we are here to glorify God. That is our primary purpose. So there's nothing about collecting the most toys and dying with them that has anything to do with that, right? So, um, you know, I would just start there. And then all along the way, our culture just relentlessly is bombarding us with messages of, you know, we've got to be better, faster, stronger, skinnier, richer, prettier, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And with money, um, it's just that acquire, acquire, acquire. That should, you know, the culture would tell us to do what feels good to self. So it revolves around self and never, you know, it's never enough. And we know that those are both so anti what the Bible is telling us about contentment, about who we are in Christ, about how to be a good steward. I mean, it's just opposite of all that, but those messages from our culture are relentless. Amen. Yeah. So agree with everything that you just said is so important. And it just seems like too, we can often hear so many messages about how we would tie our worth and value into what we own, like our, our net worth, right? So how does that message of biblical truth incorporate into how you help? Like say you're helping a woman who maybe is in a lot of debt or perhaps she just lost her spouse or, you know, she doesn't know what direction to take and she's facing quite a bit of debt. What are, what are some things that you first focus on with her? So I would say, first of all, as you mentioned that word net worth, it's interesting because that is definitely an industry term. But one of the things I do is I just say net because as believers, we know that worth has absolutely nothing to do with what we've stockpiled, right? Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. But one of the things I do is I just say net because as believers, we know that worth has absolutely nothing to do with what <laughs> we've stockpiled, right? So um, just even starting to, you know, counter the culture there. Um, so I would start with that, but so it would just also address the worth thing right out of the bat, because I think along with debt and along with someone who's maybe a little bit confused or not feeling confident is um, just a hesitation to move forward. And there's a lot of maybe shame, embarrassment about the situation and never in this industry all along the way, have I ever met someone who has said, I'm crushing my budget. I'm all over it. I do it perfect every time. And I'm crushing all my investments. They're perfect. So that person doesn't exist, (laughs) right? They're in denial or (laughs) right. So I've never heard And so everybody is going to struggle. I mean, one of the things about budget, um, just being on a system, as my mentor says, the trouble with life is it's so daily. Well, the hard part about a budget is just, you know, living and, and practicing good financial practices. It's just, it's every day, a little bit at a time. So I would encourage that lady, you can do it. Um, You're not alone. 
you know, leave the embarrassment, shame, grief, all of that, you know, behind or give it its proper place because, um, you know, it's, you don't need that. You've, you've got all the tools. God has given you what you need to step into what he has for you. And so um, there's good godly wisdom around this. And so just look, right. The Bible talks about wisdom stands on the corner and calls out. So there's so much good information on this. Um, so just start getting at it. It's kind of like, how do you eat an elephant? I would encourage this lady, just start biting, you know, <laughs> let's start saving up a little bit of money. You know, just like there's a lot of wisdom around, get that emergency fund going, get rid of debt as you can. You know, there's several good steps, but I think sometimes it just starts with, let's unload some of the non-godly messages we have that are holding us back just Mm. to get the confidence and the will to move forward with it. Yeah, such great advice and such wisdom, you know, godly wisdom, as the book of James tells us when we ask for wisdom, he gives it to us liberally. And so I I think it's so important that we know that we're not alone and that we have those who have been equipped in these types of fields like you, you know, to be able to help someone. And you just hit on such a key thing there when you were talking about guilt and shame, um, because it just seems like this is an area where a lot of people struggle with not wanting people to know their finances because they're such a mess or, you know, or that I remember watching this movie years ago. It was, it was a cute movie. I think it was confessions of a shopaholic or something. And the woman, like she was addicted to shopping. Like she just wanted, so like the, mannequins in the window would like call to her they weren't real but in the movie they were kind of real and they were called to her and you know you want this beautiful scarf don't you just come in and whip out your card you know so she racked up all this debt she had to eventually confess it to her family and this collection agent was after her the whole movie and so she wound up like selling all of her possessions and she did pay off the collection agency guy, but she brought it all in pennies and left mm-hmm. it in his office. I don't know this. I don't even remember when that movie came out, but anyway, it, it just like made an impact because I guess we see that too. And, and I, I would imagine you run into also a lot of emotion tied to this, right. And, and things that are a little bit more deep seated than just the surface kind of issue with the finances, right, Valerie? Absolutely. So, I mean, just even addressing something that we're, you know, prone to want to cover or hide or are embarrassed of. I mean, think through all the disciplines and all we're trying to do in our Christian life. How many of those things are a good idea to lock away secretly in a closet and not share and get godly wisdom on? Much of the time, nothing good happens with that. So, and I think too, we just, I mean, some of that is about identity, some of that embarrassment, and we just need to come to grips with, hey, this is, this is where I'm at. And I know that God can bring me forward. Um, And a lot of folks are in a similar situation and it's not a reflection of who we are or who we are in Christ. Um, so, I mean, that's a starter, but we say, um, emotions can be big time budget busters. So that's a buster right there. Just feeling embarrassed and not wanting to address anything. Um, but I would just say lack of contentment. I mean, grief, they, they call it retail therapy sometimes for a reason, although I'm not really sure it's therapeutic to get all this stuff and then to get a big bill for it that we can't afford. Mm-hmm. So 
I think sometimes uh, we look to things or acquiring or a shopping experience to fill a hole that God did not intend to be filled with that item or that experience. I think he means to fill it with himself. And so um, that's another way that emotions can just kind of bust up our budget and not do it any good. I'd like to say on the flip side, contentment and godly contentment is the friend of the budget. Um, think of how good that is for a budget when you're like, oh, no, thanks. I'm content with what I have. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's so good. It seems like you were saying earlier how you were talking about how your, you and your husband had worked through some things, learning these principles early on and applying them, and it brought freedom. So sometimes people will think of a budget as being restrictive or, you know, like being in bondage or something, but it's actually more freeing, right? Absolutely. So it is going to feel like, oh, I've got to track this and everything, but the money is leaving the building either way. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I love the quote and I, I don't know exactly who said it first, but it's, you're either telling money what to do or you're wondering where it went. Mm. And so the money has left the building either way, but now do you just sit there and feel powerless? Like what is happening? My life is out of control. Yeah. Or are you saying, I'm going to tell that dollar where to go. So that's, if you don't like the word budget, let's call it a spending plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell that dollar where to go. And I'm going to tell this dollar where to go. So you're like that, those dollars are not the boss of you, as we would say <laughs> when we're little, um, you are the boss of them. Yes, that is great. I love how you were talking about it being a plan because it is important to have a plan, right? I mean, really, <laughs> it's so important. And I do love so much that you and your mom wrote this book together. So what was your experience with when this idea first came about that you would do this and put this information together in a book with both of you writing it? <laughs> yeah, this experience with working with my mom was, you know, it began early on in her, in her widow's ministry where she kind of would, I would say, almost look over the backyard fence and just say Val. And so with the law and finance, she would say, you know, this widow is experiencing something. I think it might be fraud. Tell me what you think about this, or you're in the financial industry. Tell me about this. And so um, that's kind of how it started. And so we made a one minute feature. We would hear stories and questions over and over again, similar ones. So we made a radio feature. It was a one minute a radio feature, which is still Wise Women Managing Money. It's still out there now on several stations. Um, we turned that into short videos for her website. Mm -hmm. And so those were five-minute videos. And then the publisher that published this, Moody Publishing, came to us and said, this really needs to be a book. And our first <laughs> thought was, no way. Neither <laughs> one of us have time. My mom has written 11 books and she knows what's involved in writing a book. And I had not before, but I thought, well, I wear a lot of different hats. I'm not sure that I want to add author to that hat, you know? Um, so, but um, nevertheless, here the book is. So we did this and we just hoped that um, what we, one of the things we've done with the book is we've donated all the proceeds to increasing women's financial literacy. So the great thing about this book is we don't have a pressure really to sell it. We just want it to go out into the world and do what God has intended for it to reach. And for that to just perpetuate more women's godly stewardship and financial literacy. That's 
Beautiful. And I love how you said that you weren't really planning to be an author, but you know, how many times women are doing things they never aspire to do, but God, you know, God has this, this plan and this idea and he puts things into motion. And as his kids, you know, for us to walk in obedience and by the spirit's leading and it just, it's such an important message and it covers a lot of different things, right? So it covers not only um, a budget, but it covers, you know, the credit cards and also other things, right? Like insurance and, and things like that. Yes, we kind of walk through um, a lot of the basics. So it is a flyover, um, but just a lot of things are that are fundamental. So the budget or the spending plan, the effort, even taking it back to assessing where where are we at? Do we have one place to put financial documents? Should we gather things? Do we know our situation? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of taking stock and then what are we going to do about it? And then all the biggies, buying a house, getting insurance. What about a car? What about investments? What about saving for big things like college saving for kids, that kind of, um, so we, we, and then, but we kind of take through these steps and we'd like to see somebody move from struggling to stable, to surplus, to generosity. Mm. It's kind of a um, process that we go through. And, you know, that's, that's what I would consider the end goal, you know, for Christian stewardship is generosity and the ability to, when God asks us to do something that finances are not going to hold us back from that. It's the ability to say yes to what he's asking of us. Yeah, that is awesome. And I love how it is a journey. You're taking someone on a journey to become debt-free and to then have the freedom to bless other people. And, you know, like annually we have a fundraiser for student ministries for their mission trips that they go on. And we have like a cake auction and people pay huge dollar amount for a cake. It's not about the cake. It's about giving and it's exciting to see someone bid like five eight hundred dollars on a cake you know so that they can bless it and seed it into the next generation of youth coming up you know and things like that and it does feel good to be able to give and it's just such a a biblical concept to give and we don't only give so that we can receive but God promises that he does that and our security is in him right and I think Sometimes we get that message twisted as where is our real true security, right, Valerie? Yes. I mean, the Bible talks about we we can't store it away and, and secure our future for ourselves. Our hands are, our lives are in the Lord's hands. So with regard to that and, and security and fear is a real thing for women uh, with security um, and with finances. So I would just say, I think there's this tension that we live in and it's a good tension between due diligence. So we're going to do the things that the Lord has asked us to do and do good stewardship. So we can't just guess that it's all going to, we, we need to make a good effort, but then at the same time to have faith that we do what we can, but really our lives are in the Lord's hands and that he numbers our days um, he has plans for us. They're probably not going to be exactly as we anticipated. So it's going to be the great adventure. But yeah, it's that tension between we're doing, but also we know it's in God's hands. Mm, I love that you said it's a great adventure because it really is. Adventures with God every day. You know, it's really, it's really so cool to be able to partner with him in kingdom work. And this 
allows us the freedom to work toward that. And we can still serve and we can still give as we're working toward our own, in our own plan. Um, but it just more and more, it works toward that basically becoming a good steward of what he's entrusted to us because it really doesn't all belong to us anyway. And um, so, and I love how you were talking earlier about, you know, this, this race, it's kind of like that, you know, that phrase keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, you know, that we're, you know, racing to obtain all of these things, you know, these toys and everything has to be bigger and better and all of that. But that's really just a mindset that we can break free of. I mean, it's not a sin to have a nice big house. It's not a sin to own a couple of cars. It's not a sin at all. But I think we have to think about it as have these things become idols in our lives, right? Absolutely. And we need to think about the why. What is the point? Mm -hmm. Um, Why do I want to own that house or that car? And it might be that that's the one the Lord has intended for us. Mm -hmm. So that's great. That's a great reason. Um, But if this makes me feel important, this makes me feel valid. Um, I need this because, I mean, I think I think it's just really good to take stock and to lay it in front of the Lord. I think we can lay our budget, our calendar, um, all of our things kind of in front of him in prayer and just say, you know, Lord, all of this belongs to you. What would you like me to do with your stuff? Is this pleasing to you? And he'll, if we ask, he'll let us know. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love the, just the thought of just do things on purpose and our lives can move at a speed that we're just not thinking about it. We're just trying to keep up and we're throwing money at the urgency of whatever comes today instead of really thinking over what is the purpose of acquiring this or financing that. Or um, It's funny, a common thing that I think, especially younger, when I was younger and in college and saw my first credit card, a, a fundamental concept of that, but Few folks really, I think, know or think about it is if you don't have the money for that item now, will you have it in 30 days? Because that's when it's due. Mm-hmm. You'll have it. If you will have it in 30 days, you know, do you have it now? Is it necessary to charge it? So just our relationship with credit. I mean, you would know from the banking uh, industry um, just how backwards we have that in our culture and to just really think through. Um, is this something we need to be doing? Owning? Is this something we need to be dusting, insuring, financing, all of that? It all has a bit of a weight yeah. to our life. That's so true. And the whole message and concept of waiting, we're called oftentimes to wait on the Lord and wait for things. But like you were saying, in a, taking the perspective of financially, like, you know, if I'm going to have the money in 30 days, why do I need to get it now? Why don't I wait 30 days, you know, and then get it or something like that. So, but I like earlier how you were also bringing out the importance of examining ourselves because the word tells us to do that, to search, our, you know, and, and ask the Lord to search us and to reveal anything that is not of him within us. And, and what, are, what is our true motivation for something. Now he might want to bless someone with a larger home because he's going to lay on their heart that they're going to become a foster family or, you know, so you never know really what God's plan is going to be, but it is good for us to have a plan and to be open to the things that he wants to bring forth in our lives. So I think that's pretty cool. And I love that um, you have three adopted children. So 
What are their ages? They are 26. I have to get this. We're all within one year of each other. And I have to think about <laughs> whose birthday was most recently. 26, 27, 28. Oh, so. wow. That's cool that they're so close in age and everything. And and so what a blessing for your family, um, you know, to, ha- to have that and to be able to teach these things to our kids, pass it on like a legacy. And um, it is really important because our kids learn from us oftentimes, you know, how we handle finances. And sometimes we haven't done a bang up job with different things, but it's good to be able to instill these principles in their life, you know, and live a life of integrity and, and to be able to honor God, you know, with, with our finances. So what would be an encouraging thing? Like if we were going to leave the listener with something encouraging that you would want to share, what, what kind of a message maybe is God putting on your heart to be able to share with someone right now that, that is really seeking help in this area? Yeah, I would just say you can do it and just, just get after it. Just trust the Lord that he has great things for you. And, um, you know, we look at women in the Bible, I think, you know, sometimes in our culture, and I'm talking about within our Christian culture, Mm -hmm. you know, we know a lot about, for example, the Proverbs 31 woman, but do we remember that? I mean, she was dealing in purple cloth. And so she was a business owner, right? Mm -hmm. And she went to evaluate the purchase of a field. So she was in a little bit of private equity and venture capital. I mean, (laughs) you know, she was a, she was a um, boss girl, so to speak. And that didn't interfere in any way with the honor her husband received who was sitting at the city gate. Like he had his own jam and so did she. And so I think, you know, there were women supporters of Christ's ministry. There were women supporters of Paul's ministry. And so I think that there's great kingdom purpose and, you know, you'll see statistics of all the wealth that women will be controlling. And I don't mean the family budget. I mean, wealth in the United States, over half of it in the next few years will be controlled by women. So we can make that, and the Bible talks about, you can actually cause someone to praise the Lord and give him honor by your giving. And so we don't get there without following these principles. We're going to have to have some financial margin, just get started. And I think the Lord honors that in the process to get you to where he wants you to be, which is to be this Proverbs 31 type woman that is, you know, making, maybe helping others with jobs or with revenue streams there, but then also she's helping with generosity. There's so many great things we can do. And we just flat out reject the culture's message on this and just embrace what God has for us here. Amen. That is really good. I love how you brought that up about the Proverbs 31 woman, you know, because sometimes she can be intimidating to us, but she doesn't have to be because like you said, God has equipped us with the knowledge to be able to be good stewards of what he's entrusted us with. And that was really eye-opening what you were saying about how we're going toward where women will have a lot of responsibility, really. It's, it's really a responsibility to handle funds like that and to just awaken to that fact and be proactive instead of just reactive all the time, right? Right. Well, thank you so much. And I am so excited about this book too. And it is doing so well because I was looking at it today and I think it was like, 
I was saying earlier, it was number 17 on um, Christian stewardship on Amazon. I mean, you know, we're not really looking at rankings and, and where we are and statistics and all that, but I think it tells us some very important things that this is important to people and that it is blessing people. So we're not looking at it as, oh, we want to be number one and, you know, how many followers and this and that, because we can really get caught up in that really easily. But the fact being that this book is so needed and I'll have all the information about the book in the show notes, but how can the listener connect with you, Valerie? Oh, yeah. Um, We have a website, Wise Women Managing Money. You can find information through Widow Connection. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, So you can just, and you can see, look for the book. Um, It's not only Amazon, but Christian Book and Moody Publishers. And so um, would love to connect. Um, So I would say look for our information there. Great. Well, I, as I said, I'll have the links for the book and also for your site in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you and connect with your mom, Miriam. And this has been just a great, like kind of a little mini series that we did on finances, but it's so important to be able to talk about that. And as you were saying earlier, to encourage women in whatever God calls them to do, you know, they might not be called to sell purple cloth. You know I mean? They have gifts and talents that he has given them, which is also something that we need to be good stewards of, you know, the gifts that he has given us that are not, um, you know, financially necessarily, but also the gifts he's given us to use in our calling. And so whatever he calls us to do, we can bless other people with it. So I just love what you're doing. I, I have a heart for this for sure. And I know that we're going to hear some great feedback about your book and, you know, about how this episode has really encouraged the listener today. So thank you, Valerie. I hope to have you on again. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'd love to. That would be great. And maybe next time we'll coordinate it so we could have you and mom at the same time or however the Lord leads. Wow. That'd be fun. She's a force to reckon with in the greatest way. So I'll have a great time if we're on together. Hope that can work. Yeah. And it's been such a joy and a blessing having you on. And she told me it would be that that I'll have a lot of fun talking with you. And I sure have. So um, I just really appreciate that. And so thank you for being on the show. And we will talk soon, friend. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that this episode really gave you some great ideas and inspired and encouraged you to take action with the money that God has entrusted to you and that we can get out of the worldly mindsets about having to buy so many things that we really don't need that are just temporal, that are not the treasures that we're storing up in heaven, because that's what the word says. We need to store up our treasures in heaven and not our like things here on earth that can just, let's just face it. They they just, they're gone. They're gone. We can't take them with us and they are not eternal. And I love uh, the quotes in the show. I love where Valerie said, godly contentment is the friend of the budget. She also said, if you don't like the word budget, let's call it a spending plan, which is awesome. And she also said, Lord, all of this belongs to you. What would you like me to do with your stuff? We can pray that prayer every morning. We can pray the prayer like, God, 
Show me your divine appointments for me today. Open my eyes to see eternal things and to see people through your eyes. And let me know what you want me to do with your stuff today. That is awesome. So friend, I really, really enjoyed having both these ladies on and go back and re-listen to Miriam's and then listen to Valerie's again for some really great tips on budgeting, spending plan. And I hope you join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.